The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Here's a question I received from someone who's being given the silent treatment. Have you ever had that in your life? Someone you're close to refuses to talk to you, and how do you deal with that? Dear Dr. Kenner, I've been in a serious relationship for a year and a half. My boyfriend has two children. His 11-year-old daughter refuses to acknowledge me. When spoken to, she refuses to look at me or answer me. I have been nothing less than friendly to her. Her father constantly has to tell her to respect me and to respond to me. She is often rude to her father in front of me, and her behavior is upsetting to all of us. How do we handle this? Thank you, Jody. Jody, the first thing you need to know is that what you're doing currently is not working. You've run the experiment with Dad trying to tell her, uh, you've got to speak to Jody. You know, she's my girlfriend. This is the woman I've chosen. Now you speak to her now. Look at her when she talks to you. And the 11-year-old just digs her feet in further and refuses to do anything. So when something like this happens you need to recognize that your current method isn't working and then to brainstorm alternatives. What would work? Now, when you try to force her mind open, it's not going to work. If you said, I want you to tell me right now what's going on. I am sick and tired of these games. You speak right now. She may bury herself even further. But if you take a different approach, more like you're curious, you're inquisitive, you're puzzled. You're confused and you say to her, you know, hon, I notice that you don't talk to my girlfriend. I'm assuming this is that your boyfriend that would do this. I'm a, I'm, I notice that you don't talk to her and I know I've yelled at you in the past for that. I don't think I've ever sat down and asked you, what's up with this, honey? Something is hurting you a lot. Something feels unfair and my guess is you're not only angry, but you're sad and my guess is you feel a bit powerless to do anything about it. And I'm thinking maybe if you feel comfortable, maybe even not today, you always give someone some thinking time, but maybe, you know, later this week or next week, we could talk, we could even do it privately without her around, and you could help shed some light on what's going on, what's hurting you, because you're my daughter, and I want to feel close to you, and I want that to, I want to be able to get over this hump together. Um, So let me know what's going on. So that's what your boyfriend can do. What can you do when she acts that way? Well, he actually has two children, and one of them obviously is talking to you because you're not complaining that both aren't talking to you. We don't know what this little girl has been told. She may have been told some really negative misinformation about you. Or it may simply be that she misses her mom. She wishes dad was still married to mom and she promised herself she would never love the other woman that uh, that dad is with. And she's trying to keep her integrity and keep that promise. You can just let her know, I noticed that you don't, that you don't want to talk to me and... I'm I'm in a I'm I'm in a stalemate. I don't quite know what to do, and I my guess is at some point you'll want to let me know what's going on, and so help me understand how we can 
deal with the times that we're together a little better since I know you don't want to talk to me, but I don't want to ignore you either. So let's talk about that. It's good to get to the sad underbelly too. What's making her so sad? Because typically when people are angry... Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. <laughs> Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, uh, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, the selfish path to romance. That is interesting. Typically when people are angry, that's one emotion, but underneath that you've got a big loss that's going on. They're feeling that something's not fair and there's some hurt going on. So if you can address the loss, sometimes people will, um, even even without their intending it, break down in tears and the actual story comes out. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner and the show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And here is a question I receive from someone who doesn't like people and feels guilty about it. Maybe you felt that way sometimes too. Hi, Dr. Kenner. I find that I don't like people. I feel bad because I'm Christian and you're supposed to love everyone. But it is so hard to love everyone. Do you think it's because I work in a place where people are rude and disrespectful to me? I think that I need to go to anger management because I get so upset with them. It is also because we are short-staffed at work, and I feel like I'm doing the job of, free, of three. Can you, uh, can you tell me what to do, Mary? Uh, Mary, it's really hard because on one hand, I can't tell you what to do, but we can talk about the situation. If you're told that you need, let's look at number one, the Christian view that you're supposed to love everyone, even your enemy. Does that make sense? What would be the definition of love if that were the case? Love would mean blind my own judgment, blind my own ability to discriminate between people who steal, rob, cheat, murder, and uh, rape, and treat them as if they're equal to the people who don't cheat, rob, murder, and uh, cheat and rape. You know, you're trying to blind your own ability to see differences in people. You need to see differences. If you're hiring a babysitter, you don't want a child molester. You need to see differences in people. So the Christian view that you're supposed to love everyone has a fatal flaw in it. You can't do it. It's not realistic. It's not healthy. There's an alternative view that says that you need to judge everyone with a firm, you know, even if you don't have information on them, be judgmental. This person's bad because they're Jewish or they're the wrong col- they have the wrong color skin. Now that obviously is another error. That's telling people to judge but based on non-volitional information. These people didn't didn't deliberately do anything wrong. Maybe they're too tall and you don't like them or you don't like their skin color. It's unfair to make generalizations about everyone when you don't know that individual's character. So you're talking about feeling real angry with people and you've obviously drawn a conclusion that you can't get along with people and that the, it's the problem is with other people. 
And you need to know that it is proper to judge people. Some people are nice. At work, I can guarantee you that not 100% of the people who work there, you've told me where you work, it's a big organization, not 100% of the people can be evil or bad. Somebody has to be nice. So scout out those nice people. Train yourself to see better people. And also, you must deal with them in a way that might invite some negatives from them. If you get angry with them, you lose your temper, then I understand that you may get angry with them. So I think giving yourself some cognitive therapy and working on a better way to deal with learning how to diffuse people who are rude and disrespectful might help you. Um, and there are wonderful anger management books. Um, there's an anger management workbook that you can get. And um, I hope that helps. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. After dinner, I took a long stroll. And it suddenly struck me. I'm single. And I'd gotten accustomed to thinking of myself as recently divorced, but that was five years ago. I'm 43 and I'm alone. And that's from Fraser. And think about that. I'm 43 and I'm alone. And how many people draw the conclusion that there's no hope for me. It's been five years since I divorced, and maybe I'll never find anybody else. And they just feel disheartened. They feel like there's, they won't ever find romance. And instead, they could use that same thought. Oh my gosh, I'm 43. I've been divorced five years. Five years have gotten away from me. And I don't want to let the next five years get away from me. You know, I want to take action. Let me see what I can do about this. If they take that approach and see it as a problem to solve and as a wonderful value to pursue, to pursue romance, then that they're in a much better state because they're drawing the conclusion that values are possible to achieve, in this case, romance, and that they're capable of doing it with effort, of course, and that they can learn the effort. They can learn what's needed to find a good romantic relationship. And whether you're 35, 43, or 62, and you, f you want to start a new romance, don't give up on yourself. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. We've all had the experience of seeing people dressed in dumpy clothes with unattractive hairstyles. We may think, oh, if only they made the most of their appearance, how nice they could look. If you've been to a high school reunion and seen what some formerly attractive classmates let happen to their looks, you may have recoiled in shock thinking, I can't believe they let themselves go like that. Try an experiment. Take a careful look at yourself in a mirror. If your ideal romantic partner were to meet you now, what would be his or her first impression? What would your posture, clothes, and grooming reveal about you? What sort of person would you like to attract? What changes in your appearance would make this more likely? You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com.